Welcome everyone to the Holstein House Podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Good Friday morning, all y'all. Ooh, I'm telling you, I'm going to need some grace this morning. <laughs> grace from the Lord and grace from you guys as well. Ooh, I am Robin Holstein and welcome to the Holstein House podcast. This is episode 92. 92 and we do two of these a week on we do one on Tuesdays and we do one on Fridays and so that means in four weeks we're gonna have episode 100 and I'm really excited about that even though I may not look like it right now because it has been a difficult morning already here at Holstein House and uh, I'll get into that a little bit more here in just a minute, but I wanted to share with you um, on Fridays, it's, uh, you know, the great Rush Limbaugh used to say open line Fridays, but, you know, I don't want to even try to, I'm nowhere, I'll never be <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, might be the size he once was <laughs> at some point in my life, but uh, I'll never be him, but uh, this is August the 25th, 2023, and we call this live unscripted, and so I do have notes and things I go through, but um, I, I like to interact more with those who uh, come in and comment uh, on the live streams and things and and just kind of talk in generalities if necessary, answer questions. Uh, today we're going to be catching up on things that's happened this week, um, answering questions on host, hosting a B&B from your home or your homestead or, you know, really even from a, a um, off-site facility if you have like a camp or something that you that you rent. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about fall and winter pantry uh, food preparations for, with dehydrating and home canning and things like that and storage questions if I can get to them because man oh man has it been a morning. If you don't get to participate with us live this morning and you want to uh, get in and, and chat a little bit you can go to our telegram group chat. It's uh, t.me slash Holstein house chat. And you will have, I will have to let you in because I do tend to get some scammers in there ever so often. And we have to pull those out. And it's, um, it's a little easier for me if I go ahead and kind of filter through uh, first, <laughs> rather than trying to catch up later. So uh, you, uh, you may be asked to wait for approval to come in. And when you come in, we just ask that you say hello, introduce yourself a little bit so that we know who else in the group. Uh, there's not a whole lot there right now. So it's a, it's a pretty good chance that if you have a direct question and you post it there in the Telegram group, you'll get a direct answer from me. And I love to have conversations with people. So that's uh, t.me slash Holstein House Chat if you want to do that but uh, at any time if you know there's there are rounds of um of uh of uh what do they call it um oh when they kick you off when they ban you on on some of the social media sites or put you on probation for a few days or something like that for something that's been said that the um that the platform doesn't approve of and platforms are things like uh, youtube and rumble and uh, miwi and homesteading 
or freestanding and um, X and Nostra and stuff like that. I mean, so any of those in Facebooks and all, all of that stuff, those are, those are platforms and they are owned by some corporation somewhere, except for Nostra. Nostra is a little different. Uh, we won't get into all about Nostra today, but uh, it's a little different, but um, they are owned by corporations and they're not ours. And you run the risk of hacking them off sometimes saying things or breaking their rules and they can take you down completely or they can, stop you from posting for a little bit of time um, if they don't like what you said and um, we're coming into the fall and winter season where illnesses are going to be popping up again governments are going to try to do stuff again and there'll be conversations about the same old same old that we were talking about a few years ago and some of these platforms are going to be very strict in what they allow and what they don't allow and if at any time i say something it's it's not as likely as other platforms, but it, it's possible that I could say something that gets my uh, site taken down or uh, at least, you know, prevented uh, the, what they call it, Facebook jail on Facebook, stuff like that. Um, you know, you can go to RobinHolstein.com and go to the contacts page and I'll have listed there all of the social media sites I'm on so you can go and try to find me somewhere else. I'm not all that controversial. <laughs> I have to say that right up front for those of you who, who may be listening for the first time. But every now and again, and today may be one of those days because it's already, it's it's 10 o'clock you know, in, in West Virginia, in my part of West Virginia, and I've already had a full morning and I am sick to death of this day already. So just, and it's still just getting started. So I might have a slip of the tongue. That's why I said I need some grace this morning. But uh, we'll talk about a few things and hopefully it won't be too bad. Hopefully some folks will stop in and say hello and we can talk about some things that I don't want to talk or well, that I would rather talk about. <laughs> Distract me. For those of you uh, viewing the video this morning or on the on a replay, I'm pretty disheveled. Uh, I, I'm looking pretty rough. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I only just 10 minutes before I uh, was scheduled to come on this morning, ran upstairs and changed clothes. Um, I've I've been in my night clothes up until now because we, we had a storm roll through. And it's not the storm in and of itself, but the basement flooded. And the flooding basement has been an issue for a long time. Well, since we bought this place, uh, what what it is, is there's a drain outside the basement door. And it gets clogged with algae and it gets clogged with leaves and it gets clogged with dirt. And sometimes the rain comes down too fast for it to keep up and it just backs up and comes underneath the basement door and it floods the basement. And I learned a, <laughs> not long after we moved in, we were still working on the house. We didn't even have it. We weren't even in here yet. And the basement had a, a couple inches of water in it. And I just about lost my mind. And we, we spent all, but there wasn't anything else in there at that time. So we just spent all day, not all day, but hours you know, using the shop vacs and uh, multiple shop vacs and uh, trying to clean it up and dry it out. And it's an unfinished basement, probably for that very reason. Uh, I suspected at some point they figured out, hey, that water is going to back up and you better not put anything important in here. And even the hot water tank when we moved in was up on blocks, which was a giveaway. Well, we already knew that there had been water that the basement was damp. We didn't know how the rain backed up in it at the time. There wasn't anybody either willing to tell us or able to tell us about it. Um, the previous owners had passed and we bought it from the estate. So, but anyhow, um, 
so I came down. Um, <laughs> I don't know what caused me to do it, but it did. I came down and looked, and there's water backed off almost all the way over here, and I'm on the far end from the door, and um, I just about lost my mind. So I started. I opened the back door. The the uh, well. The, I say well. I don't know what you would call it, but. Um, the area there that where the water stands and the drain is was full obviously still up it was down enough that it wasn't actively running into the basement it had gone down you know a little bit for that but it was still up over my ankles and I had to reach down and clean out the mud and the muck and the crap from the little drain thingy and then like a drain in a bathtub it went down but it doesn't fix the basement <laughs> So I had to go on out and uh, uh, take care of the poultry. It was in between the storm because um, we had another round of rain come through right after that. And I got them fed and <laughs> watered in the storm and uh, let them out and come back in. Um, had to block Betty out because Betty's afraid of storms and she paces and she runs and she's just a nervous wreck when storms come through. Unless I, I mean, she may still be nervous, but I can insist that she sit down and I can sit not with her as in touching but she'll be on the couch I'll be in the chair and I can make her sit there and she'll sit there she doesn't like it but she will so I had to deal with her and I had to deal with Bob and I had a, a small order coming in from Walmart this morning some uh bottled water today's a day of water some bottled water some water for the CPAP machine some cat litter some odd and end things that if this morning had gone smoothly, I would have already had all this stuff taken care of. Still had a chance to shower. <laughs> still had a chance to get down here. And uh, I, it just it just didn't work. It just didn't work. So I just started it. Thirty. I have a we have a smaller shop vac. It's a five gallon wet drive shop vac. I don't know if it's like I don't know how it measures. Is it five gallons of dry? Uh, it, or and so much by weight for wet because it doesn't you know it doesn't fill to the top because it's got that little ball that when you're pulling in wet stuff that gets sucked up to the top to stop it from uh, overfilling and stuff so um, it 35 35 times I emptied that and um, I, I was down to where I had to let it seep you know because I, I could I could suck up over here and it would pedal back up over here. So I had gotten it down that far. So I, I messaged uh, Mr. Holstein and I said, well, I'm, I'm at the point. I'm just going to let it seep back, you know, to the to the lower spots. And uh, I needed to do this anyway. I need to get changed. I've got and I rattled off a half a dozen things that I was supposed to get done before noon today. <laughs> so I got all of that to do and um, and laundry, you know, and and I have, I have to walk through the water to get to the washing machine. It's just, that's crazy. But um, until we get the roof finished on the doghouse, uh, there's not a whole lot I can do yet because in order to, um, I need some place to move some of the stuff that we have here in the basement. That's going to be the doghouse. The doghouse has been leaking since we bought it so that nothing, nothing you don't want to put anything there that can get wet it, it'll get ruined so there I actually heard some nails being driven they may be out there this morning I've been down here I haven't seen anybody come in but they don't have to report to me you know when they get started they just go get started and um, so I'm thinking that they're they're here even though it's kind of damp 
we're supposed to get some more rain this afternoon. Hopefully they can, they're, they're putting the metal part on now. So I, I looked at it yesterday. It looked pretty good, I guess. Um, but they should be getting all that metal part uh, done this morning. I don't have any pictures ready. I don't think to show you, like I said, I come in and uh, just, uh, whew, my goodness, <laughs> just, it's just crazy already this morning, but we're glad you're here. Morning, Stephanie. How are you today? You getting the storms now down there? Are they rolling down your way? They hit here, I guess about um, 630. I think they rolled through here about 630. It was the storm itself. I didn't mind. Uh, but when I looked out and saw the yard was flooding, I thought, ah, Bet the basement's got water in it. It had heck, had, I had no idea. I had no idea how much water was in there. Gosh. So, yeah, there, I don't, like I said, I don't have it. I took some pictures, but I don't have the um, window ready to share those. I don't think. Hmm. Let me see. Are they uploaded yet? I'm going to look to see. if I don't know that if you guys saw these, if it would matter to you anyway. Oh, that's the basement. Ugh. So, um, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I can do this, um, maybe. Let me come over here and... See if I can share these with you this morning. Share screen. I'm kind of talking out loud because people on the podcast don't want to hear a bunch of quiet. Um, all right. So here I'm going to share with you. Oh, darn it. The um, make this full screen here. Hopefully you can see this is like... Um, it's kind of like tar paper, kind of rubbery tar paper ripping stuff. <laughs> this was yesterday. I sneaked up their ladder after they left. It was really blistering hot yesterday. So this is the, the back half of the doghouse now. So this is a weird um, angle, this uh, back roof here. It's a little room that was added on. It's the area that I've mentioned before could be a, a bedroom. Uh, with the exception it has no um, no closet and it, it also has a, a bathroom so if you can see the mouse pointer probably this area here is the bathroom it's just barely big enough for a toilet a sink and maybe a um, a tub I don't know there's no tub in it now but there's a toilet and a sink in there um, along this back wall a standing shower, you know, just a walk-in shower would work just perfectly well. It'd be really nice right there. And then over here, this this piece over here would be the um, the roof of the bedroom. And this was the worst part. This actually had water running in it, so they had to do a lot of work there. Right about this area, if you could, I don't. There's a you can barely see where this the the roof of the original building meets the roof of this back room. This is almost flat. So we couldn't do a, um, 
the metal roofing because it wouldn't have enough um, angle on it to to um, drain the water off. It'd puddle up there. So that's why that you've got this. And then on this line where you see that different material, that's where the metal roof is going to be. And that's the back of my house. This is the back of Ramsey house. That's the one I talk about every now and again that's going to have to come down. So let me think which direction I'm going to go. I'm going to go on this way. Yeah, this is, um, so if you're looking at this and you can see this right here, this is where the old roof that was leaking went. This piece, all of this in here, is a new uh, porch type roof that goes over the back door where his the little garage, attached garage is on the back here. And we had them build that. So you can see these posts here and this new new timbers here, new wood here. Um, this is like just a porch, a covered porch to the back door of the, um, of the uh, garage. And it's just a teeny tiny. This I just took a picture of because they don't have this fastened up yet. And I wanted to ask them about it uh, before the job's complete. I want to make sure that they have either tacked this up or stapled it or whatever you do or trimmed it off um, before they're finished with the job. So it was just something that I wanted to keep a check on. And then, oh, that's the temperature this morning. I post a picture of the temperature up for those of you who don't know um, every, uh, every morning, just about every morning. I kind of don't do it on the weekends, but uh, good morning, Luddy. I'm glad to see you. Uh, I needed people on here this morning because I, <laughs> It's been a terrible morning. Oh my gosh, Letty. It's been a terrible morning. I'm so, I, you know, if there was smell, if you could smell this room, I reek. I reek where I've been sweating and just gross because I haven't had my shower this morning and I was down in this water where the basement, <laughs> it's, it's just terrible. It is a day, isn't it? It is a day and I'm looking for grace. I need a lot of grace, Letty. And I'm so glad you stopped in to say hello. I hope you can hang out for a while. Um, <laughs> just distract me, you and Stephanie. Stephanie, meet Letty. Letty, meet Stephanie. We may actually have some more storms come through. And, you know, if I can, if that drain is clear, it's usually not a big deal. But you just don't know what the wind, you know, and of course it started raining before it got good in daylight. If those winds were whipping up and, and knock some limbs and stuff or leaves and stuff down in there and they get drank down in there, then Katie barred the door. And, um, you know, even to put a sump pump in, I got to get stuff out of here because the, especially the, um, the computers and stuff out of here or have them covered up or something so that the dust doesn't settle in them. So <laughs> I've got so much. Oh my gosh. I think I can close this. I don't think I'll have any more pictures to share today. I um no I'm flipping through. We had a good uh, uh lunch and learn the other day. We had um a couple ladies, their sisters, uh, and they are members of the local AARP, come in and talked about fraud and fraud prevention and watching out for scams and stuff. They were a hoot. They instead of just a regular dry presentation, they did a little skit and uh, after after the one woman insisted that everybody turn off their phones you know how you do that before you do a presentation please turn off your cell phones you know they had it set up 
purposely so that the one sister would call the other sister to set up the skit. And so you hear the other, the one sister's phone ring and you think, ah, she didn't turn her phone off, but it was part of the skit and uh, about accepting phone calls and giving out too much information and being distracted when you take those phone calls. So you get an, a phone call that you don't recognize, but you go ahead and take it and you're busy with other people and they ask you and say, oh, we need to verify. And you, you just don't even think, and you could give out, you know, like a, credit card number or something we need to verify that you made this purchase was your what is your credit card number and then because you're so distracted you give it I mean it was it was a good little skit it was a good little skit it was it was uh it was a decent little uh yeah it's a lot for Friday morning Stephanie you ain't kidding sweetheart and it ain't even done yet I um I don't get aggravated with Mr. Holstein too often but this had me aggravated this morning and so he messaged me that he had run into a couple of different storms on his way to work and he had to pull off the road. And I was just so close to saying, poor baby. <laughs> I didn't say it. I, I wasn't going to do that. But I did rattle off a lot of what I had to do. I, I ended up emptying that. It's a, it's a five-gallon wet dry back. I ended up emptying that thing out 35 times. 35 stinking times. So I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood. And when I get this way, Katie, bar the door. <laughs> but it's supposed to rain off and on all weekend, I think. And we need it because we'd had quite a few days with no rain. And my rain barrels were bone dry. I've been using tap water, or city water uh, for the birds and, and stuff. And uh, they don't care one way or another. I mean, you know, because they're going to get it filthy anyway. But I rather use the rainwater rain barrels for them. I just, um, I mean, I just feel like the water. I get that it's coming off the roof and stuff, but I just feel like it's better than having the chlorine water that they get, you know, when I run it out of the spigot. So, all right, I do have a list. We don't have to go over it if you don't want to. Yeah, holy moly, that is that is a lot. That is, and I know there's a delay, so. Um, we'll try to pay closer attention to that. So let's see. Oh, uh, well, I am something else I got to do is I got to finish my dehydrating workshop prep. Um, I'm going to do a workshop for our lunch and learn on Wednesday on dehydrating foods. And I have, um, I have a, it's actually from um, Cabela's. That's one of their brand of, is it 12 trays? I think it's 12 trays. Uh, might not be 12, but I think it's 12 tray um, dehydrating machines. And I went ahead and I ordered um, a round one from Walmart, which is the lowest, but it has the dial, the temperature dial. It's the lowest priced one that they offer that I could find. Um, and I picked that one. I don't, um, I don't think I can, I might be able to tell you what the brand name is. It's going to be an off brand name. I chose it specifically because, because um, folks who are going to attend the uh, workshop are going to probably be closer to being able to shop at Walmart than um, Cabela's. Um, <laughs> where is... Um, that's not what I want. I wanted to show the differences in the square machine, the counter machine that's square or rectangle, however you want to look at it, and the round one. 
Darn it, come on. I don't want all of that. That's not what I want. Why am I? Because it's this, this is a challenging day. That's what the problem is. Where are my orders? Let me do it this way. Um, it's going to be delivered. It's it's not. They don't have this particular one at this local store. It is ah. It's called the Commercial Chef CCD one hundred W six food dehydrator white. Um, I doubt, I probably won't be able to see this very well. I'll hold it up here and see. Oh, no, too much glare. Yeah, it's going to be too much. Oops, sorry. Too much glare for you to see on my phone, and I can't get, I'm not going to waste time getting to it on um, online and trying to share that screen but i chose that one because it is re it is the lower priced the lowest it's not the lowest i think there's one more but that doesn't have a temperature um, gauge option on walmart's walmart's website and then you can also go like to customer service and look for it but to show the difference between this the square machine and the uh, and the round machine and the entry level you know and a, a little uh, step or two up. I'm not going to get a cursory. I don't. I'm not going that high end on my dehydrating. But I'm also going to talk about using your oven for dehydrating and why our climate locally is not really suited for dehydrating outside. Now there's some things you can dehydrate outside, or you can hang them in your house, like herbs and stuff. You can hang in the house and dry them. But we're really too humid to do outdoor dehydrating. You got to have uh, something like 64% humidity to do a good job. Plus, you know, it's got to be hot enough outside to dehydrate outside here. We just, we're not that way. But I got to finish that workshop stuff. Um, that machine should be in tomorrow. So the, um, <clears throat> the dehydrating workshop is going to be on Wednesday. If, if there's anybody in the, uh, in the uh, uh, Charleston area. It's going to be Wednesday at the Diamond United Methodist Church at noon. It's a lunch and learn, and I'm going to present on um, dehydrating foods for longer, longer term storage and uh, how to store them. So that will be um, I'll have some dehydrated foods to share, to show. I'll show them uh, the difference between a package of probably peas and carrots that are fresh and peas and carrots that have been dehydrated, the space savings you can get. And we'll talk, uh, we'll talk about how long they can last, how to um, condition the foods and stuff like that. So I think it'll be a good workshop. And uh, if you're in the area uh, on Wednesday, the um, 30th of October, August, October, the 30th of August, come on over to the Diamond Methodist Church at noon for that lunch and learn. I think we'll have a good time. All right, let's see. Um, that's not what I want to see. So I was going to talk a little bit about um, preparing your fall and winter pantry. And 
the basement kind of threw me on that a little bit, but it's also a perfect example of why you need to have your pantry set up in certain ways and uh, how to be prepared, not just for natural disasters, but for <laughs> household disasters, such as uh, a flooded basement. Um, one of the things that I try to do is to keep my foods at least six inches off the floor. That's a rule in my basement, or it's an attempted rule in my basement. It's a rule in my kitchen area. Um, I don't store any food products lower than six inches from the floor. There's a few reasons why water damage is one of them. <laughs> Insects are one, uh, and cleaning. So there's there's three things there. In order to clean, you know, I can vacuum, I can mop, I can dust under those foods. Um, and if there are mice in the house, you can get a mouse trap under, take care of your business. And uh, you also don't run into dampness and things uh, seeping in. We, um, we often hear people talking about storing in buckets and mylar, and those are good. And in combination, uh, they can help reduce the potential for uh, vermin, such as mice, uh, to get in, or rats. Uh, the only way to actually stop them from getting in would be to use a metal, a metal container uh, or a glass container. We know that our mason jars, that mice can't get in the mason jars. Um, but uh, for most of us, having a basement or a pantry full of small uh, galvanized metal containers is not realistic. They can be very expensive and um, it can be a challenge. Plus, if you have a damp area like this basement, you are looking at potential for rust. Galvanized does help prevent rust, but it won't stop rust. It doesn't make things rust proof. Galvanizing metals make them rust resistant. Um, so a, a combination of using plastics, plastic bags and mylar bags with your um, buckets and things will help preserve a lot of things or protect them, I should say, because that's not part, that's not the preservation part, but not everyone can do that. And for those who can't or don't want to, uh, using plastic buckets, the five gallon plastic buckets like you get at the home improvement stores is an option. Now, some of the five gallon plastic buckets are food safe which means you could put, you know, raw food, like a open, open up your flour and dump it in, and it won't be contaminated by the materials that the bucket is made of. Not every bucket is like that. The, you know, a lot of those colored buckets that you get, the five-gallon buckets at the, at the box stores and stuff, you need to read them or just assume they're not. I don't know anyone. Now, I might dump bird seed or something in them, but I don't know anyone personally who would put raw food in like flour or wheat or um, wheat berries or anything like that, you know, straight into a plastic bucket, food grade or not. They're always, the best thing to do is to measure them out into smaller packages and put those packages in the buckets. 
And where I'm going with that is you're putting those buckets on the ground or on the floor. In the case of where I am here, down here in the basement, I'm going to use plastic five-gallon buckets. I have some food-grade buckets from Tractor Supply. Most of Tractor Supply, if not all, but most of Tractor Supply buckets are food-grade. And the red lids are food-grade. Now, you can get what's called a gamma lid, which helps lock out air so that anything you put in there, there's no air transfer. I think that's a little overkill for most of us. There may be a need for that, but I don't think most of us that are living in a uh, small uh, urban community or even in a, an apartment building or, or something like that need a gamma lid. Gamma lids are kind of expensive. If you are repackaging your foods into smaller portion bags, whether they're Mylar bags or they're Ziploc bags, uh, and you're storing them in these buckets, you are you are reducing the amount of oxygen and airflow that they're being exposed to anyway. You keep those buckets on the ground. You do increase the risk of vermin trying to get in. But it's, it's not a given. It's not necessarily going to happen. And if you're routinely in your pantry, if you're routinely checking you know, the status of things. You're going to notice before something like a rat or a mouse gets through that plastic. And you can take action then. As when you get past using those buckets, and I, I have what I have in my buckets, I have um, packages of sugar still in their four pound, you know, paper packaging set down in the buckets to protect the, back, the, the sugar from the elements, to store it there. I don't open those packages and then dump it in. And because of the way I use sugar, I don't open the packages and put them in smaller containers either. And I don't store my sugar in my mason jars. If you want to store sugar in, or, or flour for that matter, in a jar, recycle old jars that you've already got. Save your mason jars for your canning. That's what they're for. I'm a big fan of that. Do I have some stuff that's in a mason jar? Yes, but they're in older mason jars that I'm not going to be canning in anymore. Home canning, pressure canning. I do have some of the old blue mason jars. The ones that I don't have set up that I have dated that are really like, you know, 80 or 100 year old jars. I have dry goods. I have dehydrated foods in those. But for the most part, I'm reusing jelly jars. I'm reusing salsa jars. I'm reusing uh, peanut butter jars. I'm trying not to buy things in plastic, but sometimes I do, and I reuse those for that type of thing. My shelves here in the basement for my pantry are high enough off the floor that I can put the buck five-gallon buckets underneath and then keep my canned and home canned and dry foods on. Always keeping the heavy things on the bottom and the light things on the top shelves. That helps lessen the possibility of the shelves tipping over. 
Ideally, you're going to mount or strap those shelves to the wall because the food that you're putting, of course, each of these shelves, even the pl plastic ones that you buy at, at the store or the ones you get for your garage, they have weight limits. And you have to be conscious of those limits. And most of them have a mechanism or a suggestion of how to bolt them to a wall to keep them from toppling over. Putting the heaviest things on the bottom shelves helps set the center of gravity on those bottom shelves and reduce the likelihood of them toppling over. Having the lighter things, your cereals, your spices, your um, boxed rices, your, um, oh, what else do I have over there? Sugar, well, powdered sugar, uh, a couple of packages of sugar, not all of my uh, big things of sugar, cake mixes, things in boxes are on those upper shelves. So that if they do topple over and hit me, it's not going to be like being hit with a jar of peanut butter. So your pantry um, needs to be arranged not only so that you can find things, but so that they are protected. Um, I, like I said, I have wheat berries in my uh, buckets. And the buckets set underneath the shelves. Then I have a shelf of canned goods from the store. And over this other one over here may have uh, home canned jars. All of my jars are on the uh, next to the last and the center shelves. So that they're not going to fall over. Yeah, old jars are good to use, Letty. They really are. Letty says, I have old glass containers from the farm basement that I use for my flour and sugar. These things are at least 50 or 30 years old. Yeah. And that's fine if you got them. I, I kind of bristle, Letty, uh, when people will buy new jars to store those things in. Um, and obviously it's a personal decision, but I'm looking at um, the older jars probably because the potential for the micro cracks in them that we don't see or even if you have a little chip along the lip um, you're not going to use those in a pressure cannery because they could crack in while they're being pressure canned so you you re, you shuffle those to using to keep a lot of your dry goods in um, your your flowers and your sugars but um, I don't I don't I don't like buying new jars to do that. I think that's, again, it's personal preference, but I, I just kind of think that's a little wasteful. If you don't have jars, which I guess if you're just starting to keep house could be a potential, uh, a lot of times you can find them at Goodwill or other thrift shops. But they to store foods, not home can. Not to pressure can or, or, or steam or water bath can, but just to store foods. You don't have to have brand new uh, mason jars. You don't even have to have mason jars, which is the roundabout way <laughs> I'm trying to make the point. We, we are in the habit of throwing things away and we really shouldn't. I, I go through spells of trying not to use plastics. And then I go through spells of, wow, I really don't want to have to lug this thing around in glass. So that's where I'm at. But now is the time to begin looking because we're starting to um, 
we're, we're getting towards the, really, we're getting towards the end of the garden season. And we need to step back and look at our pantry and do it. People say do an inventory. And, uh, and, and sometimes you hear that and you bristle and you think, oh, my gosh, I can't do inventory. Inventory is nothing but taking check of what you've got. Um, coming down, looking at your shelves and saying, you know, I really thought I was going to use all this cake mix. I've got eight boxes of cake mix and some of it the use by date is last year. Is that cake mix bad? Probably not. But you need to decide, do I need to continue buying cake mix? Because if you're not using it, you're wasting space and you're wasting money. Because even if you got that cake mix on sale, that's something that you haven't used that you've got to decide now whether to keep, give away, or throw out. I'm not a fan of throwing it out. And enough people are freaked out by the best if used by dates that they think they have to throw it out when they don't have to. You do run a risk of things going rancid, which means it's not going to kill you, but it tastes bad and you need to, you need, you've wasted it. For me, one of the things that I have a lot of, I have a lot of oatmeal. I have a ton of oatmeal. We don't eat a lot of oatmeal. But I started buying it because I was trying to be ready in case something happened. Oatmeal will go bad too. Um, especially if it's, you know, because it's um, processed. Now, oat groats, G-R-O-A-T-S, which are the things that oatmeal are made from, last way longer. But you've got to chop those. You've got to, to make you know, make that oatmeal, process those groats into oatmeal yourself. Same thing with wheat berries. Wheat berries are almost a forever food. And they're the little, the little, tiny little berries or seeds, whatever, you, however you want to call them, that people make flour out of. Well, you can buy those where flour will go bad. I mean, it's, flour it's been processed the oils are exposed from the wheat and those oils will go rancid eventually now a lot of people say you can only get a year out of it some people say i've gotten longer than a year out of it but when you crack open your flour your bag of flour and you smell it you're going to know if it's gone rancid or not some people keep it in the freezer okay i've done that um, i'm rethinking that because to keep that stored in the freezer means i got to run electric The, the freezer may not use a whole lot of electric in the course of its lifetime, but do I need to keep flour in there? If I'm not using flour enough, you know, do I need to keep it in the freezer? I'm starting to rethink the need for multiple freezers. What I have done is I have bought some wheat berries and I have bought a hand grinder. Now, I haven't used it yet. <laughs> I haven't used it yet but the point the, the idea is that if for some reason I can't get flour at the store now I have some oat bear or wheat berries I can grind it up and make my own um, flour now I'm using I'm currently using a lot of flour as I as I build my sourdough starters and I learn the 
how to make really good sourdough bread. Now, I can make a decent loaf of bread that you can eat, but I haven't mastered the ability to do all the fancy designs and stuff on it yet. So it doing that because it takes quite a bit of flour to make a loaf or make a boule or loaf, however you do, to, of sourdough. So if you do it routinely. And so I have a lot of flour right now, but I'm starting to rethink that. I also went through a period where I was trying to experimenting with gluten-free breads to be able to do it for potential guests. I really haven't made that happen. <laughs> I have not mastered that at all. We were cutting back a lot on carbohydrates who were leaning towards the uh, Adkins style diet a few years ago. And so I was experimenting with uh, these things that you subs that are substitute breads. They're not true breads because they don't have a lot of the flour in them. There are a lot of eggs and a lot of cheese and things like that. And that just didn't last very long. That didn't last very long for us. But so I still have a lot of those uh, those alternative flours in the freezer to keep them. And, you know, I just don't know if I need that extra freezer. I, um, I have made a lot of jams and jellies that we haven't eaten so that I know how to make them. But, you know, I don't, I don't have, you know, we don't eat a lot of it now. So it's not bad, but it's taken up shelf space. So do I, how do, how do I do that? Do I offer that to people? Just say, you know, just bring the jar back because people never bring the jars back. And I'm turning, you see me turning because I can see my, I can see most of my pantry from here, my shelving from here. Um, and so I have, I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of salad dressings that I stocked up on a while back, store-bought salad dressings that are, that are past their date, their best by date. We don't eat a lot of salads. He's eating a lot more raw vegetables. He's getting vegetable trays at the store and taking them to work, which I could put together for him, but he seems to like going to buy them better. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, Letty. Letty says her pantry is so full of pasta, rice, and etc. that we don't eat anymore since we've gone mostly keto carnivore. And she said, hence the need to clear out so we only have what we need and use downstairs. We're not keto carnivore, but we're doing, we're in, I'm in the same boat. I have a lot of food stocked up that I probably won't use. Uh, store canned foods will last a lot, well, I say last a lot longer than home canned foods. You know, the jury's out on that, but it's a different process. Store, store commercially canned foods have a different process. So they, they do tend to have a little longer shelf life. But um, I've got pasta sauces, you know, and you can you can do those zucchini noodle things and put pasta sauce on them. But we just we just don't. Uh, what else do I have a lot of over there? I have a lot of cornmeal. Just straight cornmeal. We went to the Lucas uh, Lucasville Fair. Uh, uh, Lucasville Trade Days, I think is what it's called, in Lucasville, Ohio. And I bought um, a five-pound bag of cornmeal. Now, it has no flour, no no baking soda, nothing. It's just straight-out flat cornmeal. And I put it in jars, and I put it on the shelf. I haven't made that much cornbread in ages. 
in ages. So doing an inventory of your pantry is only just that, is standing in front of it and saying, I have 15 quart jars of cornmeal. Do I need it? How can I, how can I give it away? Um, a food pantry is probably not going to take a lot of, of, of these because it's not in a prepackaged uh, container. But do I have fans, fans, family or friends that would use it? And would they like to have it? Now, at this point, I'm not going to try to sell it because it's just been too long. I mean, if you, you know how you, you depreciate the cost of your washer and dryer and stuff, but this would have depreciated a long time ago. I have a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of uh, salad dressings. Are there people who could use that? So it's just looking at it and looking at where you need to fill in. What do you eat now? As opposed to what you were eating when you were putting things away. And one thing, and Letty, I don't know if you guys, Letty says, so many boxes of Jif cornbread mix in my basement, no straight cornmeal. I never was a fan of Jiffy mix. I've made it. I just... I never was a fan of it. I don't know what the difference is in it and anything else, but I just was never a fan of it. But it is handy to have for something quick. One of my questions, and, and Letty, you might be able to answer this, is those folks who go on these particular diets, like you guys are keto car carnivore, if a time comes when you can't be strict keto carnivore, um, we know that they're talking about ramping up again these inoculations and panicking the world again because it's wintertime and fall and we get the sniffles more and oh, here comes this dread thing again, the Rona, Rona part, what, six or seven now. Um, and they start interfering with international trade and... Um, uh, inter, uh, interstate commerce because only certain things can be, you know, stocked and only so many people can be in the store at one time. You know how it was back in 2020. If you are keto carnivore and you can't get everything you need to live, to, to eat that way, how is your body going to react to having to increase your carbohydrates you know I we uh, Mr. Olsen and I many years ago uh, we hadn't been married too long went really hardcore Adkins diet I mean it's to the point I can't I almost can't stand to look at a, a, a cheese and and or actually almost a charcuterie board because of the cheese and the pepperoni and stuff it just makes me go oh because we ate so much of that stuff and it was difficult to adjust when we weren't eating that way anymore. Do you anticipate any gastro effects if you can't eat strict keto carnivore? I've, I've, I've often wondered, you know, how, how are people on these um, specialty diets going to I mean it's kind of like we talk about our pets that we that we want to stock up on certain uh, 
pet foods and, and keep our pet's digestive system accustomed to kibble, for example, in case um, there's not enough rabbit or there's not enough canned food or there's not enough whatever you feed your dog. And you can supplement with kibble, but you can't just suddenly give them nothing but kibble because it'll upset their guts. It's going to be kind of the same for people. And I've wondered how people have decided to um, address that. Do you? Letty says, once a month, we will currently add in some carbs to just to use what we have and be able to stomach what we have in the basement. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. That's it. And, and that's what I wondered. My, my biggest issue with my health, and I know this, is my inability to get in um, good exercise. Now, I don't, I, I very seldom stop. I'm always moving, always doing something, but it's not exercise anymore. And so my weight is up because of that. Primarily, I don't eat a lot of trash, but I don't burn what I'm eating. So I, I get that. I know that that's my biggest problem. When I'm able to walk for or or get better exercise, I therefore while I was on a oh not the treadmill the um, elliptical, and I was able to keep my weight down. But when we moved over here, we have no place to put it, and um, I haven't been able to you know replace that uh, exercise with anything. Um, and so my weight eased up, and the more your weight goes up, the worse it feels to move around and all that good happy stuff. But um, I know that's my biggest, biggest problem. I, I don't, um, I don't do well on restrictive diets, but I don't, I really don't eat a lot of junk, uh, surprisingly. So I know I need to, to improve my, uh, my exercise overall. So I kind of, this is kind of not exactly, I mean, I didn't really have a big plan for uh, today's uh, broadcast. We're, we're coming up on the hour here uh, fairly close. But so I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the fall and winter pantry prep. And the best thing you can do right now in the next few days, let's say between now and Labor Day weekend, which is not very many days, is to take a few minutes every day. Or when you're running to your pantry, whether you it's your kitchen pantry, because some people just have a little pantry and some people have a big pantry and some people have two. You have one in the kitchen and you have a big one in another part of the house or another building or something. Is when you're going through to grab things for uh, from your pantry, just, you know, maybe keep a notepad there on your shelves and jot down, okay, I've got 15 store-bought cans of uh, green beans and I got 25 quart jars of home canned green beans and just start getting an idea of what you have get ready to rotate those forward because you want the the oldest items first so the things that are um, going to expire you know first uh, first in first out so that they are that they are in the front of your rows because I don't have one of those things where you drop your cans in they're just on the shelf. So I have to actually ever so often shuffle those things forward and start looking at what you have and rethinking what you need. Because I believe, I believe that we're getting ready. I don't think it's going to be like it was before, 
But I think we're getting ready to go through another period of difficulty uh, where our government is trying to um, force us to behave in a certain way. I think if enough of us would stand firm, and I know there's plenty of people who don't believe in interacting with the government at all, but I think we have to make our voices loud and clear that we're not going to put up with this again. You had your chance, you blew it. And the people who are at most risk need to take the most precaution. I can't protect you from stuff. You have to protect yourself. If you want to go to those extremes, feel free to go to those extremes. But I think we're going to see uh, some shortages again because there's going to be interference with our ability to shop. There's going to be interference with um, people being able to work like we saw before. There's going to, we've, we're already seeing some like the FAA. We've already seen this. The FAA has already started requiring certain things added to the uniform. But if you were paying attention in early 2020, you know that even our own health department was telling us those things don't work. It's a panacea. It's a way to get you to think that you're doing something that you're not. And um, we're, it's going to interfere like it did before in that there's going to be people who refuse to um, there's going to be people who refuse to alter their uniform, alter their dress, alter their behavior, alter their medical status because of this Rona version. I swear, I think it's three or four, probably four, Rona version four. And that's going to affect getting things to market and that's going to affect getting things to this, you know, into your home because people are going to be fired again. I know I'm kind of talking around in circles without, I mean, I should just come out and just say it, but we're going to be required or we're going to, they're going, the government is going to try to insist that we uh, mask up again and that we inoculate again. And there are going to be businesses out there who insist on their staff. Mr. Holstein works for a place now. His employer insists on those inoculations. He hasn't been told to get the newest one. But we see that coming. And, you know, say what you will. We have too much invested in, um, in our life, in our family, in our properties and things to snub our nose at that. I can't, we can't just pick up and move away. I'm being asked, do you think there will be more people who fight the mandates this go round? I know more. Mm, maybe. Yes, I think there'll be more. I don't think it will be enough more to stop it. Because 
they're not vocal enough in the right places. Some of the groups that we're in, uh, Letty, uh, are opposed to dealing with government at all. They fail to understand that if you don't make your voice heard loud and clear early enough, you'll be bulldozered. So if, if, if we have, and I, I kind of looked at this because I was going to go off on a rant about the stupid ceiling fans. Because I just heard uh, before I came down here a little earlier that there's now a push to make changes to ceiling fans because of their carbon footprint. And I was getting all fired up. And that's why I said my efforts got started. I needed grace today. Uh, so I looked up uh, the voter turnout for, for the past couple of elections. And uh, in the 2020 elections, um, there's a report from Pew Research that uh, voter turnout had jumped and it was something like um, six in 10 people of voting age, nearly two thirds of the estimated eligible voters, according to preliminary Pew Research Center, voted in 2020. And then in 2022, let me see if I can get to that. Uh, it says about two-thirds of the voting eligible population turned out in 2020. And even 2022 election turnout was slightly lower rate of 46% exceeded, uh, exceeded all mid-year terms at mid midterm elections since 1970. So we have, you know, 30% of the people who aren't bothering to vote. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm suspicious of that number. Um, it's, it's those eligible to vote, um, and you're eligible to vote if you're registered to vote. So I believe that there are a lot of people that, that have mind thoughts similar to the, what we do, Letty, that, um, just don't bother. But what they don't understand is that's just letting you, letting us get rolled over. I don't, I'm not a believer that we have to have violent protests and violent overturns of government. I think we can stop things and we can do things when we stand and stand together without violence. I really believe that. I just don't think there's the will to do it in big enough numbers. I think the biggest amount, the, 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 the large amount of people who think as we do in general about the government needs to leave us alone they don't get involved. They don't vote because they don't want to fool with it. In fact, what needs to be happening is these people who want the government out of their life, out of their business, needs to get off their asses, get to the polls, and vote in people who will get the government out of our lives and out of our business. And I, I, I get, I get, really tired of people of these politicians jumping up and down and, and shaking hands and and photo ops and smiling and in front of all the flags either the state federal county whatever saying look at this great legislation we passed stop passing legislation and start repealing legislation you know we've we've got to stay we you people and this, I, I'm not throwing stones or anything at the folks that are going down to Tennessee to move to Tennessee to live. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But you can move to Tennessee all day long 
But if you don't get people in the government to stop the, the government in Tennessee of encroaching on you, you're just going to be looking for the next place to move. You know, I, I know it's, 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 People do, like to badmouth politicians, and a lot of them have have earned it. But if you if you keep if you let them stay there, you're just getting what you deserve. You know, get involved, get them out of there, and get on with life. We've already, you know, um, John Willis talks a lot about. Uh, this road that's coming through near his place. I, I listen, even with his <laughs> his language. <laughs> I mean, he's free to speak whatever way he wants to. It's it's a little jarring for me to listen to him, but he has a lot of good ideas. He's a smart man, I'm, and, and he and his wife they're they're very smart people. And so I I do listen to their their uh, uh, podcasts and and their YouTube's a lot. And he's talked frequently about this road that this four lane road and he doesn't understand why they want to put a four lane road there. And, 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 you know, it's encroaching on him and uh, they've taken down some trees and now there's all this road noise and stuff. Part of, and it's my opinion, part of the reason that's happening is because there's not enough people in the local government. Well, I, I, I guess that would be his County government. I don't, I'm not sure. There's not enough people of his like mind that wants the government to leave him the heck alone, you know, to stop that. And what they're probably doing, I'm just guessing here, I don't know, uh, what they're probably doing is not, they're taking federal dollars, obviously, to, to make that because most counties can't afford to, you know, four lane highways uh, to, to build them from scratch. And they're calling it tourism, and they're going to make this big push for tourism to get more people in there, you know, to build those tourist dollars, because that's the only place you've got left when you don't have industry, is to try to draw in tourism. We're doing that here in West Virginia. King Cole Highway and a couple other places it's gone through, you know, is for tourism, bring tourism in, bring, you know, improve the roads, make things better, tourism, tourism, tourism. There's not enough tourism dollars in the world to save this state. They've got to bring in other stuff. But that's my opinion of what's going on over there. And if we don't get people into office that will fight to stop this stuff, you're just going to have it everywhere you go. And you can just keep running and just keep running and just keep running. And I don't want to run. You know, my running days are long past gone. I've got roots here. I've got, you know, family, extended family here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be taking care of my dad until he's with the Lord. And then I'll decide from them what I'm going to do. But for right now, I'm here. And, um, you know, am I going to go by those mandates? <sighs> Probably not. Probably not. Will I wear a mask to the store? Maybe. Um, did I do it last time when I had to, if there was something I had to go to the store for, I'd put them on. I mean, 
now they have that that last round has increased the number of delivery options we have. So now where before Walmart didn't deliver groceries, now they do. So I can I can um, I can order, you know, things to have them delivered and then I don't have to go to the store. But I also can't shop very well. I can't shop cleared items. I can't, you know, I can't pick and choose and look. I'm, I'm trusting somebody else to pick my stuff. And they're touching stuff. <laughs> and uh, there was, oh, what was I watching the other day? It, it's been this week. And they were talking about the masks coming back. And, you know, you don't, and you don't, you don't see surgeons in the operating room wearing the kind of masks people have been wearing out in public. Surgeons in operating rooms do not wear cloth masks. They don't. Because why? They, because they, they, they absorb moisture from our breath. What does the moisture do? It helps spread germs. And then you're touching it, constantly touching it. I've had this, I've talked about this before, but um, we, we giggle. You know, there's a big thing ever so often about giggling about somebody wearing their mask in a car. Listen, it may have been me. And let me tell you why. The first time I put that mask on is the only time I want to touch it before I take it off. And if I'm taking it off, it needs to go in the trash because it's contaminated. And if I'm constantly touching that mask, if I'm pushing a cart, and it doesn't matter how many times you sanitize your hands. The minute you touch something, they're contaminated again. And then you touch the mask to adjust it. You're spreading whatever on that mask. And if you've been wearing that mask for hours, it's damp from the, from the, the, the moisture of your breath. And you've just introduced all kinds of crap. And it's going to sit there and grow. Letty says, I think about the kids who've been put in masks and they are always touching your faces. Yes. You know why we're seeing kids getting sick now? I just, again, it was in the same few minutes. I was getting some coffee. As a matter of fact, I haven't touched it. I was getting some coffee before I came down uh, a, a, a little while ago. And the same story that was talking about um, the um, the ceiling fans. And then they, they were kind of touching on uh, how many schools of, across the country have already started uh, remote learning because, you know, two days into the school year, there's an outbreak of, of the Rona or the flu or the strep throat. Ever since there's been a public school system in the United States or anywhere in the world, the minute all the kids go back, kids get sick. Kids get sick. And then they bring it home. We send our, our babies to daycare and they come back with these nasty viruses. And we say, oh, you know, they sent her to the daycare. They brought this virus back to the house. And now the whole house is sick. <laughs> Hello, this isn't new. But using it to force us as a society to do to, to behave in a certain way is new. Letty says, I think about the kids who've been in masks and they're always touching your faces. Yes. You can't get kids to wash their hands after they go to the bathroom half the time in public schools. Well, I mean, what? this is the most ridiculous. We see this in nations that dictate to their populace. They tell you, you will do these things. You will only have one child. 
And if that child is a girl child, you know, have a male child. You will only shop on certain days. You will only do these things. You will only, I mean, people, there are, this. think about Cuba. Think about Cuba. There is a romanticizing of Cuba going on because you, you, people will go there and they'll take pictures of these old cars and these old homes and these old apartments with these peeling paint and, and they have these poor little pots of flowers and they romanticize it and make it look like all oh, this old country, old world, old living. It's poverty. It's poverty. And the government has told them that they can only do certain things. You can only have this vehicle. You can only have this food. You can only have electric this, this amount of the day. We are, we are becoming the very type of government that we have hated for hundreds of years. But when you stand up and you talk about it, People say, oh, no, you're overreacting. No, not anymore. No, not anymore. We have progressed to the point of regression. We have progressed to the point as a nation of becoming a country that's not a republic. But we have regressed to the point where we're about to become a dictatorship. We, we, and some people use the phrase banana republic. That might very well be accurate. We have regressed to the point that we are, we are prosecuting government officials in a way that we've never done as a nation before. We are letting thugs and drug addicts and thieves and murderers out on the streets. And we're putting people in jail who try to stop them. We're telling people that they're not allowed, that that ownership of a gun is selfish and dangerous and you should be ashamed. And yet we turn around and say that people who commit violent acts of crimes are just misunderstood. It's, it's BS. It's BS. I'm way off, <laughs> way off anything I would have ever been talking about. I don't normally, I don't normally go uh, this far into, um, into politics because I just don't want to become the angry white chick on the, on the podcast um, out of West Virginia, little redneck woman out of West Virginia to, um, what is it scream at the clouds or shout at the clouds or shake my fist at the clouds or whatever some of those old people memes and things are, are go on about but we do we do have to get involved we've got to stop pretending that we don't need to be involved that we can go over here and stick our head in the sand or that our community is only this little little group of people our community is the entire country and um our family may be this little pack of people over here, but 
if if we keep pulling away and keep trying to um, isolate ourselves, we're 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 going to go down. There's not going to be enough of us to stop it. I live in a state where the federal government brought in planes and troops to fight and kill its own citizens. You might never have heard about it. I don't I don't have all the numbers and everything handy because I'm not a historian. I can't just pull that up out of my head. I have to look it up um, in my notes from a while back. But during the coal mine wars, and, and I'm not a big fan of unions, but during the coal mine wars, the men who worked the mines and were trying to work and form the UMW, well, it wasn't the UMW then, but the, the, the miners union in West Virginia to stop people from being killed by uh, their employer. When they marched from Marmette, West Virginia, and were headed over the mountains down into Logan, the federal government sent troops into West Virginia to fight them. A company called Baldwin Phelps, a security company, along with a sheriff, brought a train in. It was it was a normal train, and, and you have to realize that in West Virginia during the uh, 19, early 1900s, 1920s, um, the main road in and out of a lot of the hollows where the coal mines were was the railroad. You rode the train in, you rode the train out. And one of these trains went up Paint Creek, West Virginia, not far from me, had a Gatlin gun on it, and turned that Gatlin gun on a small city made of tents with families who'd been run out of the mine of the coal company houses by the coal company. Those gun, that Gatlin gun was loaded and those tent houses were shot at by the government. The sheriff was on that train. He was there. So these were people who were fighting for their own lives. They were, they were marching. They weren't violent. They weren't burning stuff down. And yet still the government come in and sent troops against them. How does that tie in with this stuff? Well, because they were trying to live their lives. They were just trying to live their lives. And they were trying to stand for something. And the government come in to stop them. If we don't band together across the nation and stand up to the government, and in this instance it means writing your letters, making your phone calls. I don't fool, don't fool with email because they don't fool with email. They don't really, they have automated, it's, it's not, they're not going to, they're not going to read your email. They've got people that do that and they just hit the, 
delete button. It's real easy. You send the written letters. You overwhelm them with written letters. You overwhelm them with phone calls. You overwhelm them with people in front of their offices peacefully. And if it requires getting a permit, then get your permits and all that stuff. But you overwhelm. There are more of us than there are them. More of us who are opposed to this type of government interference than there are those who are for it. It's just that we're busy. We're just back here trying to shake our heads saying, leave me alone. I just want to live my life. They're not going to let you live your life. They're not going to let you live your life. Letty Lou says, similar thing happened to the Irish over the centuries. That part of history is always skipped over. Yeah. There are a lot of inconvenient truths in history that are skipped over. Government as a whole, doesn't matter what race you are, because if you look at a lot of the governments in third world nations, they're not Europeans. They're not Anglo-Saxon, blue-eyed, blonde hair, Anglo-Saxons. Saxons. They're not English. People, humans, will be human. There are bad people out there who want to do bad things. There are bad people who get in power. There are people who aren't bad who get in power, and then they are bad. I mean, it just, it's just, it's, it's human. It's just how we are. The Irish were treated bad when they came to the United States. The Italians were treated bad when they came to the United States. The um, Syrians were treated bad when they came to the United States. The Chinese, the Japanese, every nationality was treated bad. Now, I get, I get that there is a case of those who were brought here by force. I get that. I'm not demeaning that. I'm not dissing that. I'm not. But what I'm saying is this country has a history of treating groups of people poorly. And we cannot, we cannot step back and say, well, I'm just going to come over here with my group of people and we're just going to stay over here and you're going to leave us alone because they're not going to leave you alone is my point. Anyone who is different and acts outside the norm is treated poorly. Yeah. And hey, Letty, that even includes the, some of the groups that we're in. If you don't act like some of the other ones, you know, you're not accepted. Or you're treated poorly. Or you're talked bad about. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't tend to call them. I try not, not to um, out people, if you want to say it that way. I don't, number one, I don't need to give you that kind of attention. Number two, I just don't think it's right. You know, it, it, let's let's say, uh, Letty, let's say um, I'm going to pick on you just because you're still here. <laughs> um, let's say you. Uh, oh, well, you 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 and your husband, you raise rabbits, right? I think I think you guys have rabbits. I'm not sure. I might be getting you confused, but I was thinking you have rabbits. But let's just say you raise rabbits. And I've looked into rabbits and I and I, I know how you have to harvest them. I know how you dis oh you don't. I'm sorry. Who am I got you confused? I've got you confused with somebody. Uh somebody raises rabbits. But anyway, let's just say for you, let's just say it's you. And you're raising rabbits and and I love rabbits and and you just raise children. Well, you wouldn't do this to children. 
<laughs> you wouldn't do this to children. But let's say that I don't think it's right to uh, eat rabbits. Okay, we'll just use use that. And you raise rabbits, and and I know how you you do rabbits, and and I talk about well, you know, and I point you out on, my, on the show here. Not that there's a lot of people that are going to hear it, but Letty Let Letty is a is a rabbit assassin. They they kill rabbits, and that's awful. And um, you know, it's uh, rabbits are great, and you should never kill a rabbit. And they kill rabbits over there, so I don't want anything. To, I I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to do you that way. I'm not going to do you that way. I uh, I'm not going to. Um, it, people say stuff that I disagree with. I don't have to out them. I don't have to bully them. I don't have to make them the target of somebody else's uh, uh, hate. I don't have to do that. And I, I did a big thing. I did a big um, um, sermon on bullying here a while back at the church. And the different ways, you know, kids get bullied. And it's not just kids that get bullied. Adults bully people. Adults bully people that they don't agree with, too. Um, lifestyle choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents at Little League Games, you want to see some, some behavior? Yeah. You let a referee tell a kid that he's out on the, on the field or he hit a foul or he can't, you know, he's... He's, uh, um, oh, I don't know. He, it, it was a strike and, and not a ball. I mean, or, or on the football field. Oh, football parents, they're bad. American football parents, they're bad. They, I, I've watched grown men almost climb a fence to go after a referee because he missed a bad call over here. Oh, it's terrible. And that kind of behavior, we, we shouldn't encourage it. And so I just feel like, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to out you, that's, that's a, that's kind of like that. But um, we, we can't, we can't hide in our own little clique of people and expect that the government's not going to come for us because he's going to. And we can't, there won't be any place to run. There won't be any place to run. If we don't get it stopped and we can stop it by standing up peacefully. You know, I know people roll their eyes about that, but we can stand up peacefully and we could get it stopped. And when they get violent, we can use the courts to our advantage and get it stopped. And when prosecutors don't prosecute, we can throw them out of office and we can make them um, examples of what we're not going to tolerate. And we can insist that our government officials repeal, you know, it, you have to stick to it, though. You can't you can't back down. You can't get tired and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do it. It's like being pregnant. You know, when you're pregnant in those last couple of months, you know, when it's month nine and month 10 and you can't get up out of the chair because you got this thing here and you can't bend right. And your, your body hurts because your ligaments are stretching and, and your knees hurt and your feet hurt and your back's killing you and you just can't hardly move around. And you think, I don't want to be pregnant anymore. I'm tired of this. Let's get this done. You, you, don't, you don't get to do that just because. You know, even 
even if you decided in, you know, where some places it's legal that you decided you want to terminate now, it doesn't just go away. You still have all the work to do. And you're still left with a body that's out of shape and a body that's tired and sore. I mean, you have to, you have to go through with it. And that's, that's what we're dealing with here. We, we have to do things and we have to make it stop. We have to write the letters. We have to make the phone calls. We have to go see them in person. You know, go to their offices. Make an appointment to see them. And say, listen here. I'm a voter over in Kanawha County. And I want to know why you're supporting this mandate. And when you get the BS line, you've looked at it and you said, I'm sorry, but that's BS. And this is why it's BS. I expect you not to do this. You by yourself might not be the one that makes it happen. But the more of us that go and the more of us that go and the more of us that go, one after the other, after the I've seen it when I work for the state government. Oh, wow, I'm way over at the conservation agency. The the uh, farm supervisors and they were called supervisors. It, it wasn't that they supervised a bunch of farms. It was a title given to a position in an organization. It wasn't like supervisors and management and that kind of stuff. But these supervisors, uh, uh, conservation district supervisors would have their day at the legislature, they'd go in and yes, they'd lobby. That's what you do. They'd go in and they'd sit down with these uh, um, congressional representatives and say, listen here, listen here. And they would take their facts and they'd take their figures and they'd take the idea of their billfold and their vote and they'd say, we expect farm bill. We expect certain things to be in the farm bill or certain things not to be in the farm bill. Those, those supervisors were way, way ahead of the game a lot of times. Maybe they may not have gotten what they wanted each time. But while I was there, and I left there in 2007, but in the seven years that I was there, they were st trying to stand up to the NRCS against the, uh, the satellite um, um, oh, what was the phrase? It was uh, um, NRCS would use the satellites to verify crop damage. And the reason was, is because now the government is spying on your farm. Okay. They held that off for, well, it wasn't just West Virginia. I mean, it, obviously it was bigger groups, but they were able to hold that off for a while. And they didn't get it completely stopped, but they were able to hold it off for a while. But it is, it is the benefit of the masses. It is, it is a unified front confronting the legislatures, whether at the state level or at the federal level, or even at the county level in some places, saying we're not going to put up with X, Y, and Z. And a lot of times they got what they wanted. Not every time. Of course, we, we can't. A, a famous philosopher said, you can't always get what you want. But you have, you, can, you, you just can't. I know we all want to find our tribes and we all want to find our people and we want all want to find our communities and there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't hide there is what I'm just trying to say. 
and just doing that and pull it, putting your head in the in the sand and trying to pretend like the government's not outside the door, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You, you're not going to be able to stop it. And I and I did use John Willis as the example because, you know, I've listened to his his uh, YouTube uh, often enough that and heard him talk about the encroachment that he's dealing with and and the idea of well you know maybe I should have brought this extra piece of property over here maybe I should have brought this extra piece of property over here well yeah maybe but you can't now for whatever reason are you going to pick up a move again some people can do that some people can chuck everything that they've got and and just go uh, and and walk away from loads and tons of stuff but most of us can't do that and most of us won't do that I'm not going to throw away uh, everything that I've worked um, since I was 17 to build up just because you know Uncle Sam's going to do something so I'm working within the rules while I work to change the rules. So I will be writing and calling at all the levels. I'm in a county. I'm not in an incorporated city. I'm in the county. I'll be writing and calling the county, the state, and my congressional delegations and saying, this can't happen again. I do not accept that this is a given. The the mandate's coming back. Yeah, stop being an ostrich, yeah. Of course, I don't think ostrich really do that. I read somewhere that they don't, but I understand what you're saying, Letty. I'll be writing. I'll be calling. Am I going to be able to go to their doorstep? Probably not. I can't go to D.C. I don't have any way of getting to D.C. Well, obviously, I could drive, but I don't have. It's a six-hour drive to D.C. up. And then it would be a six-hour drive back. And I don't have anyone to tend to the things here. But for me, I can't physically go to D.C. But I can go to the local offices. I can stop in unannounced at a local office and say, oh, by the way, and one of my senatorial representatives is Shelley Capito. Oh, by the way, is, is Senator Capito in? No, she's not. She's in D.C. this week. Okay. My name is Robin Holstein. I've been a, a lifelong resident of this state. I've been a lifelong voter in this state. And this is what I expect. And I might follow that up with a letter or I might write the letter first. I think I'd do it the other way. I think I'd go to the door politely, you know, go in and say, I'd like to speak to her. Well, she's in D.C. and she'll be there for whatever amount of time. Or she's in this city or she's in that city because her district goes strange. It's a weird shape, gerrymandered. Um, well, this is what I want to talk to her about. And then I'd follow up with the letter. I was at your office on X day at this time. And, and heck, take your kids with you. Take your kids with you and let them see. Let it be. Well, I, don't, I know your little guy is a little small for it, but. You know, it would be a wonderful learning experience for you to take your child with you to the to the to your local office of your, you know, whichever representative you're, you're choosing, whether it's your state, federal or, or county representative, and just walk in politely and talk to them. Hey, I disagree with this. You know, I don't think we should be forcing people to do this. Um, I've studied on this topic. And this is what I have found. 
you know, and it needs and, and we need to not do this. If we would do that. I mean, we will go to town for dinner. We'll go have a nice dinner in town. But will will we will we go to our, our, our representative's office to 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 make our voices heard on a piece of legislation? Oh, you're one block from city hall, two blocks from county building. That I mean, it would be it would be a great little uh, learning, you know, history and civics uh, experience for you for you to go. And what if what if these uh, homeschoolers made a day to go? You know, we're going to. I'll keep using Shelley Capito. We're going to uh, Senator Capito's office today, and then we're going to go to, you know rallies or you know, Arby's and get a milkshake because McDonald's machine's always down. <laughs> We're going to go to Arby's for lunch and have a milkshake. You know, there's so much you could, and you could even teach them how to, how to pay for their food and make change for the dollar bills. while you're there. <laughs> There's a lot of things you could do, but you get them introduced. But if we, if we, if we sit back and say, Oh no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to get involved. And we're just asking for whatever they think, you know, they drop in our laps. Well, kids, I got to go. I am way over. It's it's an hour 36 minutes since I started. And honestly, I I really appreciate it. I love I love being able to interact. And I do appreciate Letty, especially you taking time because I know you got your hands full, sweetie. And um, this day started out so crappy. But right now it's been it's been pretty good. Um, I do. I I I want so much to fine tune. My. Uh, broadcasts so that they but there's just so many things that I get in my mind that I want to share and I I that's why I kind of wanted Fridays to be unscripted so that I could do stuff like this um, <laughs> well it was fun to have you comment and as you could Lydia Letty, I, I, I love being able to to do that and I want to get you on one of these times and we'll maybe we can um, get a handful of you guys and it wouldn't have to be during the day we could do it on a weekend or evening or something when everybody has time and just sit and and uh, just chatter about and, and solve all the world's problems because we can do it <laughs> but uh, I do appreciate it um, I appreciate all you guys uh, stopping by and uh, saying hello and if you didn't get a chance to say hello I wish you would drop a comment real quick in as I start winding down, I'm going to be hitting the music here in just a minute. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday uh, next week on Tuesday the 29th at 10 o'clock again. And then the next week, I was going to share with you, the next week on September the 5th, Dad has his heart calf. So I will have to pre-record. That would be a great one that, uh, Letty, if we could get a handful of folks together and we could pre-record and we could all... Um, I don't care if, it, if everybody uh, uploads them at the same time. We could do that. I'm fine with that. Um, um, hit me in the, uh, don't hit me, but you know what I'm saying. Hit me in the Telegram group. group. Let's get a handful of people together just to, to solve some of these problems and, and talk about trying to, um, maybe we could talk about how we, we can uh, work together to uh, get our voices heard a little better uh, at the local, state, and uh, federal level. You can probably have more effect at the local level, but you're just also going to have to roll up because um, as we've seen in the past with the last round of stuff, um, like with with Florida, I'll use Florida, for example. It's not an endorsement of that particular 
candidate or anything. Um, I'm not into endorsing candidates anymore. Um, Florida held out, but Florida took a lot of heat for holding out. You know, they, they gave him a couple of weeks for that mandate and all that BS two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever it was. And, um, then, then they said, Nope, we've had enough of this. And I, and I'm glad they did. And, and our governor here, he, he messed around with it for a while. And, um, then finally backed off of it, but it took him a long time. He never did give up his emergency authority uh, here in West Virginia. He still has it as far as I know. But uh, moral support for each other. Yeah, yeah, as we write letters and make calls. One thing that I will tell you now, uh, just to keep in the back of your mind, Letty, uh, even if you go off and, and do some stuff on your own, don't do form letters. Every letter needs to be unique. You might have a few similar comments, some statistics and stuff, but don't get in that. Don't get in the form letters. Um, when I worked for the state, we'd get form letters because we would um, have public hearings uh, on some stuff. And uh, it, we'd start getting these form letters in and they'd, it was just like you rolled your eyes because form letters are lazy. They really are lazy. Now, if you get enough in the numbers, then you get to show that, yeah, we've got 100,000 people. Yeah, it's 100,000 form letters, but daggone 100,000 people. But um, form letters are not uh, are not the best uh, thing to do. I was down in, in the great free state of McDowell County, June 2020. Between there and Beckley, there were a lot of masks and people all worried. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you remember, Letty, that West Virginia is uh, one of the oldest states demographically. And uh, we have um, a lot of people. We've been hit hard with opioids. We've been hit hard with the Rona. We've been hard, hit hard with the lies about the Rona. I actually have a friend that um, um, she is a travel. Well, she was a travel nurse. She's retired now. Um, and I asked her on a private message um, when it started you know, we were still able to go out to eat, but stuff was starting to clamp down and they were um, talking about how overwhelmed the hospitals and stuff were. And I asked her, I said, what do you think? What are your opinions? You're a, tra you're a nurse. You've been traveling around. You're seeing all this stuff and I won't out you. And uh, what what are you seeing? And this was obviously in, in 2020. And she said the absolute worst thing that could ever be done is somebody be put on that respirator. And I kept that to myself as I watched the news and stuff. Well, I mean, I told Mr. Holstein and a few family members and stuff, but I didn't go like out and announce, oh my gosh, I've talked to a nurse and she said this. Um, and I watched that unfold. And sure enough, you know, the people that were being put on a respirator were people who ended up passing. And um, she's, I, I can't remember now exactly why it was that way. I forget. I forget what she said about it. Um, but she said, if, if any of your family ever gets it, don't let them put them on a respirator. Well, that come undone because eventually you couldn't even be in the hospital with your family, you know, and we don't know how many people were quietly dispatched. If you catch what I'm saying, I mean, we, we saw that in Katrina with some of the nursing homes, they were quietly dispatching some of the seniors who they couldn't take care of. So, uh, Mother-in-law's cousin was completely paranoid, wanted us to disinfect the shower each time we went in that day after. Yeah, so people were, people were really, really panicked because we weren't, we didn't know what we were dealing with. And uh, people who completely 100% trusting the government and not 
either able to or willing to find information on their own. I was I was picking up on it and I'm not like above anybody else, but I was picking up on comments left and right as they were locking down in the country of origin and they were welding doors shut on apartment buildings and people whole apartment complexes were coming down with it's just running rampant. When you're in an apartment con when you're in a, in a place like that where it's so heavily congested the, the population of people are just it's just so tight stuff I mean you look at how the flu will knock people over you just have these these concentrations of people just like when our kids go back to school suddenly all these kids are in the in the lunchroom together and you know coughing and sneezing and hacking go to a buffet watch sit where you can you this will change oh gosh this will change um yeah i understand letty you go right ahead i'm going to finish this thought and then i'm going to be gone you go to a buffet restaurant and you sit where you can see the buffet you're facing it even the sneeze guard and you watch people cough and sneeze in their hand wipe their hands on their pant legs and touch the handles you know on the, for the spoons and, and the things on the buffet there's you can't you it's disgusting number one i still go to a buffet yeah i do but i'm not paranoid about picking up some kind of virus and things so uh, but it has been an absolute blast uh, talking to you guys today. We're at an hour and 45 minutes and I hate doing that. I got to go over and get dad's test. Now, um, I like to stay right at an hour, but obviously, obviously it went off the rails today a little bit, but um, I do appreciate you staying and hanging around. I'm going to call it now and, and start wrapping it up and I have to get over and get dad some tests done and check on him. We've got some stuff going on over there, but but please share your comments uh, below uh, if, if you manage to listen to it. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, please, please uh, make a comment somewhere. I don't see a lot of comments. I don't get notification that there's a lot of comments out there. I do see where there are a lot of people that are listening, but uh, I'm not getting feedback on that. So if you would, please at least say hello. Say, I think you're full of baloney or I think you're right on or I think you kind of got it, but you don't got it. Or even pop over to the YouTube or Rumble and uh, look me up here and comment here that you listen to the uh, to the podcast and um, you know just wanted to leave a little note here. We're also on um, um, Noster and I'm I'm on all a bunch of them. Facebook, um, me we freesteading a bunch of them. Go to robinholstein.com and go to the contact page you'll see a whole list of places where you can find me and you can leave comments and I would really appreciate it um <laughs> I'm sorry we kind of got off the rails my day started really in, in, in a bad spot anyway but I did enjoy it enjoyed having Letty and Stephanie and everybody uh in here and the folks over on Rumble and uh, stuff and I'm not very good at wrapping up tightly, but I'm going to wrap up here and finish it. And I want to say thank you one more time. And please come back on Tuesday, Tuesday at 10. And uh, we'll pick up where we left off on the uh, on the pantry stuff. And I'll try to uh, have that a little more concise and, and easier than rambling like I did. But uh, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Bye-bye. So, there you have it. 
Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.